All right, we're back. It's What's the Cheese? Uh, little Monday night special this week because uh, let's just say we had a picky guest this time around. Yeah, it didn't like Sundays. Uh, so, uh, Ben, so do you want to tell us why we're recording on a Monday? Well, Sunday is for mass fellows, we all know, for God's <laughs> sake. Um, <laughs> uh, just a busy day in work on Sunday, you know, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't miss it, but I thought I'd save for Monday. Give me an extra day's prep, you know. Um, for the big moment, so but glad to be here. Glad to be here. Oh, brilliant! And it's great to have you on. Uh, this of all days, we're having a Halloween special for the cheese. Uh, nothing too different, just there is gonna be a scream at some point. Uh, for the <laughs> listeners, and uh, we'll put that in post edit. And we're not gonna give any hint on when it's gonna be or anything like that, but there's gonna be screaming into your ears at some point, you know, just to spook it. Uh, nothing for you to worry about, Alex. <laughs> My God, I'm as terrified as it is. That wouldn't help. Thank you. Very much. <laughs> uh, so you're actually you're a record breaker for the pod. Uh, you're the first person who has ever asked us to email them the link because they couldn't work it out. <laughs> I'm here on I'm here on the brother's iPad. He was with me up until about two minutes ago trying to figure out how to get Skype up again. I haven't used that in a long time now, but. Uh, Yes, glad I can be. I can be with you now, uh, virtually. So, you know, the whole the whole COVID thing put a bit of a delay on that. Would love to be sitting in a pub right now. I'm. I've. I actually have uh, cans of Guinness here beside me, the old kind, because they have the widgets in them. I heard the the widgets have been lost of late, but uh, thank God, thank God for that. I didn't know they did that. They got rid of he, it. The shape. No, I think yes. Some lads were saying that the other day that there's a shortage of of widgets um, at the moment. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where they're all going. I don't know who's drinking them, but uh, apparently, stock up while you can because Guinness are losing the widgets for a while. So, <laughs> a widget shortage. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it does of the highest order. But uh, I, I, I don't know. Um, tastes tastes all right as it is. I don't know. We'll see. Widget, no widget. But um, thank God I've, I've widget at the moment. But uh. I think, yeah, it happy with that. I think it adds to it. As that little bit of jingle, the excitement as you're carrying it up the stairs, you know, for the podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's what separates it from the rest as well. That little yes. jingle after you're done. Just the shake. Put it down the ground and you hear it spin around at the bottom going, yeah, Yes. No, the sake of accomplishment or something like that after after a can. <laughs> something to be proud of. Something to be proud of. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, and... Uh, yeah, well done on winning the poll, by the way, Alex. Uh, getting a serious amount of votes in. Oh yes, commiserations to the the other two um, runners in the race. But uh, yeah, I don't know what the people who voted were thinking uh, when uh, they voted for me. But uh, we'll we'll sure find out. <laughs> I don't know what they're looking for. I'm a bit, I'm a bit nervous for that mailbag. God knows what is in there. Uh, uh, um, We'll get out of the way and tell you right now that uh, there are 41 questions in that mailbag. Good Lord. And Some... 31 of those are from Rob Costello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, where were you when you got the text saying we have a slot for you, actually? Because uh, you weren't nominated and uh, it was passed on to you. Whereas uh, uh, Billy McGuinness now has a a very rare card where he can enter the poll at any time. Uh, we're calling it a cheese card. Oh, very there. nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. A great guest to have on, Billy McGuinness. 
Um, absolutely. Um, I can't remember where I was just overcome with excitement. I think it was actually in work um, when I found out. But um, yeah, delighted. I, I've wanted to be on for a good while now. So it's a uh, good crack that I'm, uh, I'm, I'm able to get on. Um, but it's been going well. Congratulations to you both. Been listening in. Sound, sounds good so far. Ah, the pods for the people. We congratulate the people, Alex. <laughs> Absolutely, yes, yes, yes. Uh, listeners growing by the sounds of things, but yeah, I've I know some some uh, loyal listeners in. So uh, yeah, no fair play, doing a good job so far. Yeah. Which uh, one has been your uh, favorite one so far? Um, I enjoyed. Uh, I'd like to say I enjoyed Rob's now, but uh, that'll only you know boost his ego. So um, <laughs> the the goose pod was was nice. Uh, I think I'd have to give my favourite to, to Clerky though. Uh, Clerkin, great pod from Clerkin. A great man, Clerkin. So he is. A man of the people and you're for the people. So I think that, that tied up nicely. Yeah, he really snatched that title. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You'd be, uh, he's, he classed himself as an extreme rush man. You would do so yourself, yes? Um, I don't know if I get up to Clerkin's level. That's um, perhaps out of my league. But yes, very proud to have grown up in Rush. Love the town. Great, great town. Great pubs in Rush. Great chippers in Rush, you know. Um, <laughs> but uh, yes, I'd like to class myself as a Rush man. But it's it's um, it's a funny town in terms of, it's it's hard to say you're from Rush. You know, my parents are, are blow-ins to the town. My dad's from Rohini and my mom grew up in, uh, in Clontarf. And uh, I'd have always said I'm from Rush, but um, I remember at one stage in a, uh, I give I gave the pipe band a lash for a solid two two or three weeks one year, and uh, I remember meeting the pipe major who was some ninety year old man from Rush, obviously born and bred generations deep in the town, and uh, he asked me my name and I was like I'm I'm Alex Benson like please to meet you, and he goes Benson yeah he's like where are you from I says I'm from Rush and he goes right uh with a bit of suspicion in his voice <laughs> and uh then he asked he says where are your parents from i said oh my dad's from rohini and he's like so you're not really from russia <laughs> so it's, it's a difficult old thing to get into this town but uh we love it nonetheless <laughs> how long did you stick at the bagpiping for or was well, it I gave, that, I gave that two or three weeks now and uh, it was too tough for me um mm. but glad to say el Dara bollard my neighbor now has moved back into the house. So uh, on, a, on a walk with the dog there last night, I could hear the pipes again from his house, which is a, a nice a nice sensation. Ah, very nice, because uh, you must have had to drop it to take up the spoons, was it, Alex? Oh, Jesus. That's, that's, that book ended nicely there. <laughs> <laughs> that's, um, yeah, the spoons. That was, a, that was a crazy part of my life. Uh, where where to begin I think that started as a couple of drunk lads in a house one time and uh, the kitchen the kitchen cupboards were raided either for food or drink or whatnot. but um, there was trad music going and lads were banging cutlery together and a few weeks later I just remember being known for for playing uh, playing the spoons but um, it was funny because that, that I haven't played them in ages because I ended up playing in a the band with Dave McGuinness and, and Finto and the McAllisters and that um, because of the spoons. But someone came up to me in, in uh, the coffee shop the other day. I didn't know him and um, I didn't know him very well. I knew him from coming in visiting or whatever. 
And he said to me, he goes, I just heard the craziest story about you. And I don't know if it's true. <laughs> and before he said anything, I said, it's true. And it was at, I was at a session, I must have been 17, um, with a few of the lads. And it was out in Scaries, right? And it was one of the girls we knew from Scaries. And all her older brother's parents, friends were there because the parents were away. And uh, this had been at the stage where the spoons had made an appearance at a couple of house parties. And um, uh, I was sitting on the kitchen table and the older brother, who was quite a, a tall, you know, demeaning kind of scary character, came into the room and uh, slamming his glass down on the table just said, I, I heard someone in here can play the spoons. Is it true? <laughs> and everyone looked at me and was like, it's him, it's him. And I'm like, oh, man, no, I, I can't. I'm like, I'm not doing that now. I was like, not the right time. And he's like, I want to see it. And uh, I was too shy at the time and put it off, put it off. And later that evening, I was sitting in the sitting room. With, I think it was Tom Carroll from Scaries. And uh, he was playing some sweaty, some sweaty techno goodness in the sitting room. And uh, he's like, go on, just play, play them for me. <laughs> so <laughs> I took out the spoons and uh, I was playing away there for about 30 seconds to a minute. And I thought it was just me and Tom. And then when I looked up, there was a crowd of 20 people in the sitting room <laughs> watching me play these. So I think there's a video still out there today, but uh, that was the story the guy in the coffee shop approached me to. So <laughs> there's still those pair of spoons. They're knocking around in the house somewhere here, but uh, I must take them out and dust them off again. Would you turn down someone else's pair of spoons if they gave you them, or does it have to be yours? Um, it depends now. You see, my spoons, I've, I've nicely taped up for a good bit of grip, you know. Because after a while, the, the hands get sweaty, and you, you know. Um, but no, I wouldn't say no. Once they're a good, solid handle, nice bit of width to them, good percussive sound off the spoon, I wouldn't say no. You'd rarely see that uh, spoons being played in like a trad band these days or anything. Is that a, like a lost art along the way of a trad band getting together? Have a spoon player? Yeah, the, the spoon player, I think, like... There's, you see it in uh, some American folk bands as well. It's very much a kind of makeshift, you know, Jesus, like we've, like all Irish sessions, there's normally 10 guitars, maybe a tin whistler. So someone had to raise the presses for something like, so the, the spoons <laughs> was obviously that, uh, that percussive, um, uh, fill the gap there percussively in that. But yeah, you very rarely see it now. There is a guy that plays on uh, Grafton Street religiously this man with a pair of glasses and you'll know it's him because he's an actually he's actually a tear in his jeans from where he plays the spoons and he, <laughs> you see, every time i'm in town i see this guy he's a cup of coffee in the metro cafe there near south william street and then he sits on grafton street for about an hour just you know spooning away like and no music or anything just on his own but um I think that's a bit of a, a vision of my later years, maybe perhaps <laughs> post post retirement me like. So we'll, we'll soon find out. <laughs> Did you ever were you ever on the way to a session and you're getting the bus maybe the scares or whatever you have to leg it back to the house get your spoons yeah. Uh, the spoons were very much part of the everyday carry at that at those years <laughs> of my life. There was the, <laughs> the the uniform was like wallet. Um, uh, if you're going to if you're going to a gap session, it was wallet. I'd always wear a flat cap. I still have them. They're up in my wall here. Uh, I don't wear them as often now. Flat cap, wallet, spoons, and then I used to carry um, 
an old Smithix bag my dad gave me. I was going to say left me. Gave me an old Smithix bag my dad gave me with a couple of cans of Smithix for the session. And, and that was me. And whatever era the spoons came out at, you know, they came out. But uh, they were always in the back pocket, you know, part of the everyday carry. Yeah, when I imagine someone playing the spoons, they're always wearing a flat cap in my mind. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of an essential. Actually, I used to keep the spoons in the cap you know, for that kind of surprise element to the, to the show. Uh, but, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, oh, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do no, it. No, no, no. Hey, just hang up your hat. Do you think uh, at the What's the Cheese fight night, do you think we could maybe have you and Rob as the halftime entertainment with the banjo and the spoons? Yeah, Rob is getting there with the banjo. I actually, I have a banjo here and I tip away it at the odd time. Um, but uh, during lockdown, like lads were walking down Crescent Road, and there was me on one bench and Rob on the other, <laughs> fucking trying to trying to teach him the banjo, and he's getting there. He's doing a good job. Um, but yes, yeah, certainly, I'm sure we could we could put up a bit of a a bit of a show. But um, yeah, dust off the old spoons. I'll f- they're somewhere in the room with me here. I just don't know where they are. But uh, they'll have to they'll have to come out at some point. Because I'm sure I had uh, some like say. Walsh's event or something like just Christmas or Paddy's Day, whatever. Like, I'm sure everyone would be more than happy to listen to you and Rob on the banjo if you're yeah. able to collab that well. Absolutely. I, I mean, when I when I was playing the spoons, um, uh, one night myself and uh, a friend were meant to go to a Luke Kelly memorial gig. Do you remember the Bank Holiday Festival down in the harbour? And they had that Luke Kelly tribute act on, and we were meant to go down, and we couldn't get in because we didn't have tickets. So, um, Paulie McAllister, who I used to hurl with, had texted me because one, one t- we were at a match in Kilkenny, and we got the bus back, and he played the guitar, and I'd brought the spoons, and he didn't know. And he was in the band at that time, so that's how I got into the band. Um, and played them in the drop that first night. It was my first night ever in the drop was playing the spoons. Uh, with the band but uh, yeah the band's not the band's not playing anymore but I think once pubs back open I think it'd be a great thing to get together um, get the Finto and Davey and Dara Bollard and those lads back and make a bit of room for Rob Costello Um, (laughs) if we we can (laughs) the talent to bust in Um, but yeah absolutely I think once the pubs open or we're allowed back to that kind of normality or as close as we can get to it like I think uh a nice old trad session in in a pub is what is what all all the lads are missing. So I think that'd be, be great to get going. Yeah, when there is that big comeback day where uh, like everything's back open as usual, vaccines out or wherever it's gonna be. I yeah, that's what we're all wanting. We're that all waiting be. for it. Yeah. We're all too bold to even mention it out loud. Nearly, you know, <laughs> or too too nervous to say yeah. like what's gonna happen. But uh, yeah, geez, we're all hoping for it. Um, oh, I think I actually heard. Oh, I'll go for it. I th- oh, yeah, I was thinking. Um, I just missed the old. I don't know. Can I mention pub names here? I know we're very strict on the mention of businesses, but the, <laughs> we're in early old, days. But we're sponsored now, so you can go ahead. <laughs> yeah, uh, very good, excellent. Um, uh, an old quiet point in the drop in, you know, just does it for you. I, there's something about it. Uh feel that it's, it's a great thing yeah I'm, I'm missing that one now from the lockdown i think we all are we'd be wrong to say we all weren't missing an l pint in yeah. the uh, in the drop in 
And there's always the there's rumors of a certain uh, place you could still go to. <laughs> there is rumors. I haven't been there myself. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd say it's full of spoon players, the kind of pub we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Farmers uh, and, and musicians, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a few people in there yesterday, I heard. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Jesus. No, I, ha- I haven't been to, uh, to a lock-in of any sort myself. Um, but yeah, Jesus, you'd miss it now. So uh, it's funny. I was, I was saying, uh, I was getting ready... To, to go live for the podcast here tonight. And uh, I was like, take Guinness out of the fridge. I have a few cannons of Guinness up here on the desk. And uh, the mother was like, what do you need that for? And I was like, oh, you know, just, you know, bit of crack on the podcast and all. I was, you should never need drink for a good conversation. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, why do you think we all drink in this country? You know, um, <laughs> it certainly adds something to, to the old, uh, I don't know. Loosens the tongue, as they say, or something. Yeah, but the flow you, of it. Yeah, you'd miss the old shy talk at a pub, you know. Yeah. So hopefully we'll get back to that someday. Yeah. Uh, what's it called? I also heard uh, when we set up this podcast, like two weeks after, uh, I heard from Rob that you were planning on setting up your own Rush uh, podcast right after we did. You were like two weeks late on it. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I remember that day I was chatting. I think Rob and I were walking down to Crescent and uh, I said to him, I was like, geez, Rush needs a podcast. And uh, <laughs> I, I, was, I was like thinking, you know, you know the crack that Rob and myself be on, that kind of stuff. Like, um, I, was, I was distinctly remember writing out a list of things I'd do if I did do a podcast. And I remember one of them was like, what was fresh in Limo's stall? You know, the veg stall across the road. <laughs> <laughs> that, that kind of locality thing. But uh, when I heard you lads were doing it and doing a good job, I was like, I don't need to step into that domain. I wasn't going to rest, wrestle with the two giants, you know. <laughs> uh, I, I'm hearing uh, rumors of podcasts coming through the cracks. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. We had a brief mention of that the other night. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't remember who it was, but uh, I, I don't think there's taking you boys down, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I'm sure they won't mind saying them because uh, they were guests on this very podcast and probably loved it so much they wanted to start it themselves. It was, uh, I think it was Duff and Goose. I think they, oh. in a drunk moment, said, we should do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Basically the same way this whole, this whole one started up as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd imagine all, all good ideas start with a, a drop of the good stuff. So, I think my mother'd be inclined to disagree, but uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, it's just having that same idea still be a good idea in the morning is is a yes. different. <laughs> Absolutely, yes, yes, very true. If you were to have a podcast, though, what would you have called there for a rush podcast, or just call it the rush podcast? Jesus, um, not what's the cheese anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I couldn't tell you. I never got. I never develop much into the thought it was one of those kind of light bulb moments that blew the fuse fairly quickly like um <laughs> i i you know I, I there was no development of thought into it um uh probably something fucking stupid i i don't know no i don't know the benson the benson baron podcast or something like that <laughs> oh, yeah. 
<laughs> the Benson Barn is almost just as famous as uh, probably more famous than What's the Cheese at this stage. Like Benson Barn is very popular. You at least be used to be very popular before COVID came in. Uh, yeah, DL. Um, I mean, I don't hide it from the Instagram. Let's be honest. Like, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, it has developed. Um, I don't know a curiosity among some people. I mean, uh. Uh, a girl I used to go to school with walked into uh, the coffee shop there the other day. I hadn't seen her in three years. And uh, um, the questions went from, how are you? How are you getting on? To, here, do you actually have a coffee shop in your house? I'm like, no, no, no. Like, it's uh. not. But I like keeping a hint of secrecy around the thing, you know. Yeah. You don't really know what it's about until you're there. Um, but it mostly consists of Owen Conroy coming over to my house for, for a bit of grub um, but the, it started actually on a Sunday morning um, after a very heavy uh, Saturday night of drinking, I couldn't tell you where but um, Keen Savage had stayed over in, in Glen Wells' house, two, two good friends of mine and uh, <laughs> pretty sure Keen had slept in the same bed and if you know as Glen and if you know, if you know Keen, like he's not a man you want to be sleeping in the same bed. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, Glenn had texted me, he's like, get this lad out of my house. So um, 15 minutes later, I'd been up and back to Davy Boylan's and had a full spread of fry ready for the lads. And Glenn and Keen came over and I had the fry ready for them. And Glenn took a photo of the house, I think a week later, my house, with a big sunset behind it, just calling it the Benson Barn. And it's it's stuck ever since, you know. But, right. um, I've I've done a few things now. A good a good hangover fry for the lads is great crack. Um sometimes if it's too heavy a weekend, like you don't want to see the lads' faces again. But <laughs> sometimes it's good crack. And then we did we did I had a big one I I must have spent in David Boylan's that day, I had to ring him in. Adv- I had to ring him in advance. The poor man, and uh, Rob and and all the lads came down for a fry on Patrick's Day before we went up to watch the parade. So that that was great crack. That was in the morning because lads were ready to go. Like, and um, but uh, I did the last one. I did was a big thing of meatballs for all the lads. And Seamus McGuinness came down late. I had an extra tray on for Shame. Oh God, help! <laughs> he, was, he, was, he said he said i was like i said lads i'll i'll uh i was like i have the kitchen free around half six seven o'clock if you just want to get down like cook his bit of food basically and shame was like i can't make that but i'll be down at nine and i was like that wasn't what i was offering <laughs> he showed up at nine o'clock anyway and i got him a feed he was happy out yeah, always welcome at the Baron Seamus McGuinness. <laughs> um, yeah, it's nearly, uh, it was becoming kind of like a secret society, the Baron. Like, people are nearly wondering, yes. how, how do you get an invite? How do I get there? Yes, you know? yes. Well, the key words are uh, the, the Baron doors are always open. So just <laughs> show up. Uh, I'm always open. They're, they're, as I say, they're closed temporarily at the moment because of COVID, but they're on the latch. So always open. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, brilliant I, I love well, that actually one of the Baron specialties um, I like some people don't like the idea of this Alan uh, young Alan McGrath loves these um, scotch eggs I used to make all the time have you ever had a scotch egg no no so it's a it's it's a hard boiled egg 
wrapped in sausage meat and then you right <laughs> the, the the granddad the granddad had got me onto them he's like geez you must start making those those you know, scotch eggs so i looked up the recipe got the recipe and like, geez they look pretty good so it's, i was I started making them, and there was a good two weeks where I was just like flat out making Scotch eggs. And you have to, you have to bring a pot of oil up to the boil, you know. Like it's no, it's not. You're not just frying an egg, like. So you've like two liters of oil, and then you hard boil the egg, and you wrap it in sausage meat, then you flour it, and then you breadcrumb it, and you deep fat fry it. But um, you have to get sausage meat to do it, like loose sausage meat. And Aaron Connolly loved this now. And uh, I'd, <laughs> I had to go up to the butcher. I was going up to Davy, right, like every day, getting asking him for sausage meat. Now, Davy doesn't do sausage meat, but he cuts open the sausages for you and, like, takes out the sausage meat. And I re- it must have been the third day in the row. And I went up, I was like, Davy, give us two pounds of sausage meat there, will you? And he's like, no bother, lad. And <laughs> he was in the counter, right, cutting open, like, 12 sausages. And then he just stopped and he looked at me and he goes, Alex, what the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> what are you doing with all this? And I was like, I was like, Dave, you're making Scotch eggs. And he goes, uh, he's like, what's a Scotch egg? So I made him two and dropped them up for his lunch. Oh, geez. And uh, I know, yeah, he he loves them now. He wolfed them down. Him and Tommy, great butchers. Get down to Davy sorts you out no matter what. But uh, they love the Scotch eggs, so they did. So um, give them a try if you want to try making them at home or something. Great thing to try. <laughs> Might have to take a trip down to the Benson Barn. Yeah, absolutely, yes, yes. I used to, you used to, Scotch eggs are great for cooking them. And you can just throw them in your pocket like. They're just wrapped up in breadcrumb. I remember, going, that's where I showed Alan McGrath. I was like, the the first team footballers were playing up in Moors one day. And uh, I was up standing beside Alan McGrath. The next thing, I take this Scotch egg out of my pocket. Alan McGrath was like, what the fuck is that? But... Uh, they're great. They're great. You should give them a try. <laughs> they sound great. Jesus. Mm. <laughs> Scotch Excellent. Egg. Excellent. Is there any, are any other specials that can, you can only get at the barn? Oh, no. Like, yeah. These wouldn't be things you'd only get in the barn. But um, I remember one day, um, B- Billy McGuinness, Rob, and I walked home from Walters one day. And we were walking down South Shore Road and saying, Jesus, like, we were talking about... The perfect sandwich is batch bread, dairy gold butter, ketchup, and and sausages. Just the sausage sambo is just it cannot be bet, I in my opinion. And the next day, Billy was so hungover. He was he's still in bed at like one o'clock or something like that, and he was like, "Is it Jesus? I'd I'd murder a, a batch a, a batch sausage sandwich, and he'd no sausages in the fridge." So that was the first barn delivery. <laughs> I, I I went up to the shops, got my pack of sausages, made myself a sandwich, and then I got the heel. The heel of a batch bread is a is a beautiful thing. It's just, you know, like you get a normal pan of bread, right? And the heel's thrown in the bin. You give it to the birds, you give it to the dog. It's thrown in the bin. But the heel of a batch bread, mother of God, there's something special about it. It's if you've ever had it, you know what I mean. But oh, it's it's a beautiful thing. But I I kept the heel for Billy. And uh, I made him a sandwich, wrapped it up in tinfoil, cycled up to him, dropped it into the gaff. But uh, Jesus, he needed it that, that day. He was in a bad way. I, <laughs> I think Rob had a very similar rant about batch bread. He said, any sandwich you have, it has to be batch bread. Nothing else. I disagree. There's some great breads out there. You know, I like the, the, old, the mother gets the sourdough bread in the odd time. 
And uh, if you ever go to the Chuck Wagon, I think they do, it's on a sourdough. The full, no, they do soda bread, full soda, great bread. But uh, a batch now, batch with a fry or batch with sausages, Jesus, it's just great. My grand auntie always, always got batch. That's where we used to, that's where I started on the batch. We used to be in her house and she'd give her, she'd give you the dairy gold butter dish and you'd put it down by the fire to, and then she'd, she'd make a bit of toast under the grill with the batch bread. Jeez, yeah, that, special. Sounds, that sounds lovely. Even oh, just stop. watch that happen, that'd be oh, nice. Oh god, yeah, it's great. It's great. <laughs> oh, uh, if that's your if that's your perfect sandwich, what's your perfect coffee? Jeez, we're 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 stepping into difficult territory here now. <laughs> <laughs> that that could be part of my rant, I think. You know, the the coffee situation. Mm. But the perfect coffee, if you were to ask me, what are you asking me exactly here? If you were to turn, say, Valo, who is not a coffee drinker, into a coffee drinker and you had to had one opportunity, what would you serve him? See, that's a tough question. There's a lot of people out there that say, you see, it's funny, right? In work, when I started working out in Scaries, everyone called me Alex, obviously. And then you get all the rush lads in on a Saturday and Sunday called me Benso. And lads are like, what's the story? And it's like, oh, it's my nickname. like, And uh, so... In Scaries, they started this thing where Alex was the coffee kind of connoisseur guy, and then Benzo was the lad playing spoons in the back of Walters <laughs> on a Friday night, you know? It was a bit of a, you know, dual personality kind of situation. Um, so we're, we're certainly in Alex territory here. But if Valo wasn't a coffee drinker, I'd be... You see, a lot of people get bad experiences with coffee the first time. They might try if an instant in someone's house one time or a coffee out of a euro spar or something like that and it might be nice and it turns them off us but there are some the thank, thankfully in dublin now there's some really good coffee spots so i go out and just try somewhere nice in town can i name places is that okay that's okay <laughs> uh, there's um i go to your there's there's a place in town my favorite place well i, I know i won't say favorite because because that's 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 too big a deal but uh, a, a place I'm very fond of in town is uh, is Cloud Picker in town is very good. There's Proper Order in Smithfield. There's Indigo and Cloth in Temple Bar. There's Caff beside George's Arcade. There's Clement and Pico on South William Street. And the Coffee Angel chain, very good chain. They're really good. Um, and then obviously got in the boat where I work in Scaries is a local one, which is good. Nice to support local. Walt is doing coffee at the moment in Rush as well. Great to support them. Um, but those kind of places, those places in town that I named off there are doing really good coffee. So go in there and maybe talk to the person who's making your coffee and they'll set you on the, the right track. Would you be totally against someone going to Starbucks or Costa or anything like that? I mean, to each their own, you know. I remember um, I saw, oh, when I was working in the bar, I got into whiskey drinking and there was all this kind of... You know, people throwing around things like you never put ice in whiskey or like whiskey and water and you only, you know, all this kind of stuff. And to be honest, like just just do what you enjoy at the end of the day. Like, I mean, you get some weird orders in coffee shops. That's my rant. I'm not going into this now. <laughs> but like, yeah, just do do what you enjoy. You know, if you know people starting off might think coffee, they mightn't have the taste for it. Yeah, they might find this a bit like uh, a different kind of flavor profile than things they might normally taste. They might need a bit of sugar in there to help them out. But just do what you enjoy. And if anyone else tells you any different, tell them where to go, you know? That'd be my, adv <laughs> That'd be my advice. All right, okay. Yeah, I can see it. Oh, the, uh, 
just to counter it slightly, people might not know what they're missing with it as well. Like, Very uh, true, yeah. You think you might like some, but like just afraid to try something different, and like maybe even going up to Barista and saying, "I want this mad order I've seen online." What would you yeah, think yeah. about someone giving that mad order? I know we're digging into the rant there, but um, are you I rolling think, your yeah. eyes? No, <laughs> there's um, yeah, I think uh, sp- specifically with coffee, when you go into a shop, I do it all the time. When I go into new places I haven't been to in town, or even places I have been to, uh, I want to try something different. Generally, the people working in the places I've named, the people working there know what they're doing. They are they are good at their job. So talk to those guys and uh, just tell them what you're kind of looking for, or ask them a question. You know, like a lot of places have house blends and guest blends or filter coffee and espresso-based drinks and that kind of stuff, cold brew coffee. There's loads of things out there, you know. There's something for everyone. Or teas, like teas is a big thing. All that kind of stuff. So try what's out there. And, you know, coffee doesn't end with that jar of instant in your, in your, in your press. You know, there's more stuff out there. and There is really good stuff out there. And if you can support kind of independent businesses in town, trying to make a start for themselves. Like those places I named, a lot of those are kind of independent places. If you can support them, that's class. You know, it's really good because those guys really care about what they're doing. That's why they do it, you know. So, but definitely speak to those guys. And yeah, if you have a mad order or something you've seen online, yeah, just try it. Like, you know, just don't be an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) If you can try your best. Yeah, yeah. Uh, are you uh are you planning on doing the movember at all i see you do have a fully nearly nearly fully grown beard there yeah i it's uh, i tell you facial hair is i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i i've had a beard for quite a while or i wouldn't say a beard but like a bit of bit of something on my face like you know <laughs> um oh, when we went down to lahinch we went down to lahinch uh, a while ago with the lads obviously when we were allowed to go down to La Hinch, like not with, like we are at the moment. And a uh, great holiday, by the way. And um, I actually, I cooked a fry every morning that day. That was Ben's <laughs> barn on wheels. I swear <laughs> to God, they had no frying pans in the house. The, the house, we rented a house with no frying pans. But I cooked a full Irish <laughs> breakfast for eight lads, three days in a row with two woks. That's all I had. I swear <laughs> to God. <laughs> and... Uh, one toaster and God help Seamus McGuinness. That man bought two. <laughs> that man bought two pans of pate baker every day, and he was up and down to the toaster like a yo-yo. <laughs> <laughs> the toaster had never. Th- he wouldn't catch a break. It was brilliant, but uh, we managed it. But um, was it? Yeah, when I was down the hinge, I was going the holiday. I was like, "Feck it!" And I shaved the beard and left the stash. But it was a bit. It was a bit rare now. Um. But uh, I, I, I wasn't partaking in November, November, but there's uh, a lot of lads out there doing it. Um, good lads uh, from Rush doing it. Good few lads from Scary's doing it. So uh, I'll definitely donate. Um, it's a great thing. If you're doing it, fair, fair play to lads. You're doing it as well, Shani, aren't you? I am doing it. And uh, I'm just going to give a little plug. I'm going to the Jacks while you do this advertisement now. <laughs> Go real quick. <laughs> Hey, if you're looking to donate, look no further than what's the link in bio. Get on. Absolutely. <laughs> you're on a hillbilly mustache. It's going to be great. 
yeah. I, I actually I saw last year's and that was something now. That was that was spectacular. <laughs> that wasn't last year, that was the first week of lockdown. <laughs> that was the first week. <laughs> Mother of God. Yeah. You were just short and now like pair of dungarees like or something there. <laughs> Jesus. Nobility <laughs> has to go with it this time, so uh going for the full thing. I yeah. Think- I don't. I can't imagine a hillbilly re- really wearing a big jacket out or anything like that. You kind of have to be wearing like a shirt with four buttons down or something to have that hillbilly look. Yes, yes, yes. Hard to Fair rock enough. it in the winter, but uh, a I'll spoon try. player maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be as good as most with that. You know, <laughs> it's, it's hard to take up. You have to be gifted for that kind of thing. Ah, not at all. We'll get a we'll we'll, we'll get a lesson in there somewhere. Cheers, it's even got a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> you're not banging that right. I know you're not. <laughs> Where did you get these spoons? <laughs> uh, well, uh, well, yeah, no, in fairness, the lads doing the Movember, great, great, great L cost. Just good for you lads doing it. I just, I can't think of the, all the lads that are doing it in Rush. I know Tom O'Neill's doing it. So if you're not donate to Shawnee, donate to Tamo. And, um, Good few lads and scary is doing it as well. In fairness, they they all come in actually to the coffee shop, and I know I've seen them like post their Instagram, do November like shave the beard, like fresh start, like, and uh, these lads have had beers for ages, and they come in with the mask and are like, take down that mask for a second, let's have a look at the baby. <laughs> <laughs> you think they can get away with it, but they won't get away with it. <laughs> you know anybody that's uh, doing the cheap version where they they already had a beard and they just shaved the beard and kept the mustache. Oh, there's a few lads getting a bit of a head start. I won't go into naming them. They know who they are, let's be honest. The slow facial hair growers, they know who they are. <laughs> but to be honest, I'll, I'll support those lads as well because if I was doing it, um, I'd probably do that as well because if you if you have a bit of a head start with a bit of a stash or whatever, it's nice that... Um, like you can you can get something funky going on, you know. Do you know what I mean? If you've a bit yeah. of a start, like you get the curl in the ends or like the full on cowboy stash or whatever you want, you know, that's that's also a good option. So in if those ads are keeping it on, I will support that too. Yeah. Yeah. Only if you keep it funky though. If you don't keep it funky, <laughs> just yeah. leave you it. Keep leave it funky, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think there is like a team of like I say over thirty people in uh, in one for like the rush donate in November. Yeah, fair like, play to them. Great, yeah. great cause, great cause. Well, I think that's a great idea getting teams in, so people don't go like, "Oh, I'm going into this by myself. I better raise it by myself and stuff like that." Yeah, yeah. No, the teams are a great idea because it's also kind of like um, it's when when loads of people are doing the one thing. You're like, I don't want to donate. I was like, I have to donate to this guy. I know him, or like he lives next door. I have to give him a few bob. It's yeah. It's and you're kind of tired, and then some people might mightn't donate at all. I think it's it's nice that you just have kind of group donate, and you feel like you're giving it to all the lads, which is yeah. which is which is always good. So that's great. Yeah, yeah. You said you spent some time in La Hinch there. Yes. Uh, what's it called the? Uh, did you go on any other uh, staycation things before lockdown? Yeah. Well, uh, La Hinch was great. Crack. Um, was was very good fun. We went to. Uh, went to Derry with your good self, Sean. That was a great trip. Yes, sir. Um, that was a bit of a last minute one for me. You see, I wasn't meant to be heading to Derry, and I got a, I get a text message off 
Rob again, <laughs> saying, I have an opportunity once in a lifetime here. <laughs> he said, call in sick for work on the weekend. And I was like, I can't call in sick. I was like, I'm off Friday, Saturday, but I can't call, I can't be doing that. Like, And he's like, I'm telling you now, this is once in a lifetime. And I was like, it was obviously the mystery trip he was talking about. I was like, it's in Ireland. And let's be honest, like, there's nothing in Ireland that's once in a lifetime. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, I, was, I was putting one, I was like, if you're going to Rock All, I was like, that is once in a lifetime. Because that was on the agenda. But uh, it turned, long story short, I got the Sunday off work and went up. Who did I go with? I went with Mackie. I remember Mackie driving because some lad on the, we came off roundabout and some lad overtook him, put the horn on for five seconds and stuck the middle finger at the window. Because Mackie couldn't get that. Mackie couldn't get that motor over 60 kilometers an hour. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we got up to Derry anyway and um, we did a great trip though, wasn't it? It was, it was gas. Unreal. Um, <laughs> we ended up in that kitty something pub kip of a place oh um, was the, um, the yeah the liverpool leeds yeah, game yeah uh, great match uh, i've never seen mackie i don't know like that in my life the lad was <laughs> the lad was knocking over tables and drink for disallowed <laughs> goals for liverpool i was like <laughs> but, um, a, a great 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 trip i remember the the fondest memory i have of that trip is waking up at about 10, 10 a.m. And uh, I was in the bed, I was in the bed, I was sharing a bed or a room with uh, Rob and uh, Clerky. And Rob's nowhere to be seen. And I woke up to bed, looked right, no one there. Looked left, double bed, right? Mark Clerkin, shoes, socks on, jeans on, jumper on, cap on, face down in the bed. It was, <laughs> But like he was in the bed, like it was as if he had fallen out in the sky. The man was planted into the bed. <laughs> but it's it's gas. Like that was my first mystery trip, and it was it was great crack. Like the organisation the lads do is great. But Mark <laughs> Clerky, I fucking love Clerky. But the organisation he puts into it is great. There's a situation at one stage where our our uh, hotel window was was banjax right there was something wrong with it and lads mark 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 could have sworn that someone had like sabotaged the window and broken it so lads were coming in right for a chat or whatever walking into hotel rooms as you do and like simon holland would come in or whatever like how's it going all right what's the crack like what are we doing tonight and uh mark mark would be like the primary school teacher like simon sit down there for a second now <laughs> Did, uh, the window over there. Have you anything to do with that? <laughs> so I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about, Mark?" And he's like, "I'm only gonna, I'm only gonna ask you this once, Simon. Right? Did you break the fucking window?" And so I was like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> well, Mark is just like, "I'm not messing here, but I'm paying no fine for this window." <laughs> Long story short, I think that the hinges just needed a bit of WD forty, like they're a bit stiff or something. <laughs> I couldn't pull them in. But he was sitting down, shining a lamp in the lad's eyes. Like, did you break the window? 
But uh, you know, Derry was a great trip and very historical trip as well. Tour of the Bog Side was excellent. If anyone hasn't been to Derry, go up to Derry and and do the tour of the Bog Side because it's it's very moving and it's brilliant, brilliant, brilliant tour. And try to forget your electric scooter when you go there. <laughs> You'll get hundred uh, percent. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well deserved as well. Like you know, twelve lads walking around this battleground of a of a terraced city, like and. <laughs> Louis Bollard scooting behind you on this and <laughs> the poor lad, he had a broken leg. But um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was a bit of a rare one, all right. <laughs> and uh, then later on, at night coming home from the pub, the same tour guide spotted us only because Louis was still on the electric scooter. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he said, I think he's was... a young one up on top of it as well." But I'll <laughs> 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 get in trouble for saying that. <laughs> Uh, um, we'll leave that we'll leave that be <laughs> say nothing, say nothing. Uh, yeah but tour guy said there's only one electric scooter in Northern Ireland right now and you have it <laughs> yeah 100% yeah. hasn't been robbed yet that's why <laughs> yeah everyone was like in awe looking at it it was like you had a robot with you or something yeah 100% it was like yeah I don't know walking into the stone age with an automobile like you know <laughs> <laughs> uh well ahead of it but like i think uh, louis started a trend there i'm seeing electric scooters all over rush at this stage very true they're flying up and down the place i I think the younger brother was telling me that his mates all bought electric scooters like just whizzed around on them for two months and then sold them for the same price they bought them because people were so eager to get them they just yeah. got their money back like you know yeah. i can see how they'd be they'd be dead handy for uh around rush i'd say just because like say um, Crescent Road or anything it's a good bit away from say the Russian leg pitches or even St. Moore's like it's it's that yeah. much of a distance yeah you know? yeah yeah if you don't drive definitely be something worth investing or if you're one for kind of heading to the train or any of that crack like yeah like, exactly yeah train station's far away from everyone that's a that's a scoop mm. away yeah, yeah for any reason he's been trying to get one for months and he's just <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I've been trying to justify getting one for months I just can't <laughs> 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 just want to go for a spin like <laughs> uh, I gotta go with uh, John Clerkin's one they, they stop so suddenly they nearly oh, throw you off but well, I found Christ. that my yeah first... you see them whizzing around in town they're uh, dangerous hell yokes not as dangerous as the unicycle electric ones but, like have you seen them yeah the I think cycles? do you sit on them or do you stand on them st- I've seen people stand on them and I think they go faster on the electric sewers I don't know how but they're absolutely prominent yeah, yeah. I, I've just I've a skateboard now and I, I like it sits inside the hall door until I'm late for work. And when I'm late for work and I can't make it to the bus, I'm like, it's coming with me. And I just power down that thing. I remember the, the day I bought it, I bought it in town. I was like, just going to get a skateboard. Like I was thinking, you know, going to and from the bus. I was like, it's only cheap. I can't I can bring it into somewhere. I don't have to worry about locking it up outside. And the first day I bought it, I was like, new skateboard gonna be you know tony hawks will like, <laughs> be rad got nice. on it in town fell off like sprained my thumb like i was i was in bits but i haven't fallen off it since but yeah it sits inside until i'm late for work and that's the only time we use it pretty much would you go faster uh, on the skateboard than you would running uh, it kind of like it depends if you're going over fairly flat ground like the skate yeah the skateboard's fast like it is it is pretty fast 
it, it they're weird yokes. They're dangerous things, like as well. You know, they're you can't really use them when they're wet. You slip all over the place. But yeah, if you get if you get um handy at them, you can pace around on our skateboard, so you can. Very nice. Because I the would... rush roads wouldn't be ideal for it now. Bit of a you know, bumpy old trek. Yeah, maybe a channel road. Maybe channel road. Yeah, I remember getting uh, the first time I went down the channel road. I was like, "Oh, will I go down? Will I get off?" I was like, "Oh." <laughs> I went down, <laughs> and then you realize. I think everyone realizes this when you start like using a skateboard. Is like, it's. I was like, "Oh, if if it gets too much, like I'll just get off the skateboard." You know, I was like, <laughs> "If I get too fast, I'm going down the hill. I'll just stop or get off." And then you go down the hill, and you're like. Like it's too it's 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 less scary to stay on the board than step off. Like you're just stuck in. You either fall into a heap or like you just keep going. But uh, yeah, the channel road is some crack when you go down that. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's like the only big road in Ruska. Come on, it's the skater park here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you know, but other than that, like South Shore Road and all is a death trap <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> Uh, cars whipping out everywhere. Well, I think uh, my friend, uh, I think you'd know him as Aglet, but Kieran Hegde got one as well. He's Did he get uh, one? Yeah, he's been uh, trying. I think he's been trying a few tricks on it. I don't know if he would in winter now, but definitely during the summer he was on it nearly every day. Trying yeah, to, yeah, yeah. He said the first thing in the YouTube videos telling him how to do it was just like learn how to fall off it properly. So <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. just start jumping on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they do say that, yeah. I can. I'm just seeing this lad throwing themselves at walls and stuff like. <laughs> get, get used. Up, to get, it. get some really bad scars to make you look gnarly, like. <laughs> oh god, that's kind of like in boxing. Like, all right, you have to take a beating first, so the rest won't feel as bad. It's the yeah, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. But uh, yeah, on a. Uh, Oh, another topic there, Alex. Uh, I just had to bring up your pole picture. Was you in a bathtub of hurls? People might. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. How did that come about? How did that come about? Um. Well, hurling uh, is a big part of my life. Not at the moment, unfortunately, because we're not allowed to play at the moment. But um. Yeah, that photograph was. I often, when you play hurling, you 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 know you could go through a couple of hurls a year, so it's generally a big order. So I normally ring um. I normally actually put in an order down in for Dowlings down in Kilkenny and get a load of hurls in. I just text into the lads. I was like, who wants a few hurls? Get a few get a few pieces up. Your woman knows me on the phone. I forget her name now, Jesus. Uh, I think it's Margaret down. When I ring her, I was like, Margaret, it's, <laughs> it's Alex from Rush again. <laughs> she goes, you, we've had many an argument over the price of hurls on the phone, let me tell you. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> I swear to God, I remember I was working in UCD for a few years and I was using the uh, like my desk phone and there was people looking at me in the office going, what is going on here? Like having a full argument with this poor old woman over the price of hurls. I was like, no, they were cheaper last year. I was like, come on, you can do better. But um, the bathtub was, yeah, we got a big order of hurls in from uh, 65, uh, Coleman 65, just great hurls. Um does nice ash so yeah i i said uh you know what else do you do with a 30 hurls like and just take a bath and then with a <laughs> bottle of ale like <laughs> got <this> photo of it. <laughs> great picture. i think i remember ages ago uh you put a video on facebook of you how to oh, keep Christ. your 
how to keep your hurl healthy. Jesus Christ, you dug deep into this one. I, I just remember it. I just remember it. Yeah. I used to be um, known as a lad for seasoning the hurl. I, this is so stupid. Any of the lads listening on the hurl didn't know about this. But I got, I got sold like by this witch doctor hurley mate i'm not gonna say his name right but he's a big fella and we all know who we're talking about anyone who knows hurley knows who we're talking about and um he was like give me all this oh you know it's all about looking after your hurl and season it with linseed and all this kind of stuff and jenny when you get a new hurl you know you put a few coats of oil on it or whatever like leave it out to dry in the shed look after it kind of thing but i just took it to the next level i was like my hurls were black with, <laughs> with oil like i was <laughs> You know, I had hurls like six months old that haven't seen the light of day because they'd been in the garage with 25 coats of linseed oil on them. (laughs) (laughs) I used to say, like, I used to say, if your hurl isn't the colour of Glenn Weldon's dad, who was the darkest tan in Rush, like, like, it's not ready to use. (laughs) I I remember those, geez, the Facebook video, Christ. Yeah, that was was an oldie. (laughs) Still up there. I just remembered it, though. So I hope it's not. Jesus, there'll be listeners Googling that one now or something. <laughs> uh, but uh, what's your hurling career been like? You've been winning much or? Yeah, um, well, I've been, I've been playing in the gas since I was probably seven or eight. Um, I remember the first, I remember the first training session I was ever at. I was so excited to go. I had my socks, shin guards, tracksuit and jersey on in bed the night before and his dad <laughs> coming in to read me a bedtime story and was like what are you doing like <laughs> <laughs> but um no i swear to god that's a true story um no i i really do the, the ga is really big part of my life i really do like it it's it's a huge social thing i only played a hurling at the moment but football hurling up until uh two years ago and then two it was too much kind of playing both codes so i just went to the hurling but uh, I'm very, I'm very um, fortunate in that over the years of my junior kind of hurling career, I had some great coaches, like really good parents, like Der- Derek Balfe when I was small. I don't know if you know him. Um, Derek Balfe, Jerry O'Connor, um, a lot of those guys, and and like the Christina Harfords and all those as well. Anyone listening who plays football or gal will know, will know all those people, but they were great legends like in, in starting kind of the hurling the football in the early ages but uh in terms of senior kind of hurling again great coaches and managers over the last couple of years and we've gone up i think when i started we were division six league kind of hurling we're up to division three now at the moment there's no promotion this year unfortunately with covid so um but uh yeah we're really pushing we're intermediate at the moment in terms of senior hurling really hoping to go on to senior senior hurling um, which would be great, but um, yeah, it's been a quite a successful last few years in terms of senior hurl, good few wins and championship wins, so it's great. Oh, lovely, lovely. Yeah, uh, well, who's the best hurler you ever played with? Oh, Christ Almighty, and like on my team or on the other team, like oh, on your team, your teammates. I couldn't be saying that. Oh, no. There's a couple of lads coming to mind, obviously, but like I couldn't say it because it just go to their heads, like you know. Ah, uh, okay, okay. I, I I know who I'll say, right? I know who I'll say. One training session. No, I've I've between two people here now. 
I'm sure. I'm gonna uh, say the great, the greatest, the greatest probably person I've actually played on the field with, field with, um, uh, greatest hurler in my eyes, uh, was Martin Mulvey. I don't know if you know him. Don't know. From, from Roscommon, right? He's probably uh, early. F- I'm afraid to say early forties in case he's younger. <laughs> no, he's he's definitely mid forties, like. But uh, I, he was a great man. He was wild. He only retired last year. Great man for a team talk, all that kind of crack, you know. And um, I remember one time it was the first. My first senior hurling game was down in Kilkenny, and I wasn't supposed to be playing. I was too young. Uh, but they put me on because they were short, and uh, we lost them. We were hammered, <laughs> <laughs> and but it was all about going down to Kilkenny for the session. It was one of those kind of pre-season games. Went into it and lost, trashed, you know, thrown around the place because Kilkenny, there were good squads down there. <laughs> Went back into the changing rooms, and Bernard was uh, one of the lads on the the coaching panel at that stage, and he's like. Jesus, lads, like, we'd want to go to the bar after a performance like that. And Martin Mulvey was captain or something on the day and goes, the bar, sure, I brought the bar with me. And he takes a crate of beer out of his <laughs> and starts dishing bottles out to all the lads. <laughs> like, winning that game had no importance. But uh, he's, he, he was a great man, Martin Mulvey. Great ah. man. Ross Common man. Relatable. <laughs> And you've played with a lot of uh, players down the years, so that means a lot. That means a lot if you're uh, comparing them against, I don't know, the likes of people who've definitely played county before. Yeah, I, I know who you're getting at there, but... A few Conroy, people. He's not up to much, to be honest with you. Lazy <laughs> lad on the field, so he is. <laughs> no, Owen obviously is a great player. Played with Owen. Um, we're hurling. Great, great player. And uh, great... That lad has his head screwed on, but I won't say any more than that. <laughs> won't live up to his. Won't live up to his dad. That was a great hurler as well. <laughs> uh, Martin okay. Wall as well has to get a shout out there as well. Lives on Toucher Road. He's, I think he's, uh, his late seventies, early eighties now. But it must have been three or four years ago. We were short a keeper in a training session. That lad stood in, and my God, could he puck a ball at that age? I, the eyesight was gone, but he could nail a puck out. <laughs> Not a bother to the man. <laughs> so Martin Wall deserves a good shout out there. I know you won't know these names. You're Rush Athletic man, but he it's deserves all about, a shout out. It's all about the listeners. Don't worry. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yep, but um, I think we're going to take an intermission right now because we do have a heavy mailbag, as we said, for you. So, Excellent, yeah. No yeah. worries. Uh, so are you already taking a break, fellow? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. See you a bit. All right, and we are back. Uh, hope you enjoyed that intermission and uh, the sponsorship from my dad. And we are <laughs> we're gonna go straight into the accent there. Are you all right, but with that benzo, with us? I'm, I'm a bit nervous now to see who this is. <laughs> I, I'm afraid I'm not gonna know the person when you give it to me, but um, I'll go on anyway. Well. Today we're going to give you the accent of Pat Short. Uh, you think you're going to be able to do that? Pat Short. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm a big Dunbelievables fan, so I, can't, I could not say I'd be happy with that. Ja- I'd say, if Jack Higgins is listening, he's turning up the volume right about now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, uh, okay, that's perfect. Do you need a video or anything to get yourself uh, into the character? Um... No, I should be. I know. I know the unbelievable as well. Um, 
I, I should be able to do Pat Short. Luke Kerry Pat Short, because that's his general Pat Short. Okay. Uh, I'll, give, want... I'll, give it a, I'll give it a stab now. Like. <laughs> all right, fire away with the questions there, Valo. So, I've da- so remind me again, I've to answer all these now. And yeah. Pat Short. Okay. Yeah. Oh, when yeah. I can stop, will you tell me when to stop Pat Short? <laughs> too much for the listeners. Like. Yeah, we have to give you our, our rating as well. Don't forget that. Oh, oh yeah. right. Excellent. Of course, of course. Okay. Okay, so, uh, Pat. Pat, where's your favourite beach in Rush? Well, lads, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I do be walking the dog on the south beach, so I do, but I have to say the north beach now, there's something special about the north beach when you're, you're standing <laughs> on the sand of the north beach now. And you look out across the water and you can see the, the rockabilly away in the distance there. <laughs> and and up on the left hand side, you can see uh, you can see the Martello Tower standing up there. There's something special about the North Beach now, so you have to go to the North Beach. <laughs> oh, oh, that's a that's pretty rare because a lot of people are saying South Beach. I think we've had like four in a row of people saying South Beach, but you're not uh, knocking the South Beach. You're saying they're both good. I I'm I'm saying now, you know, when you you'd be walking across the South Beach all the time, and and you it'd be the local beach. So when you go into the North Beach, the, the Martello Tower does be does be up there in, in the sunset and everything is, is great. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> that's a bit of a Michael Healy rave. Right? <laughs> 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 I'm doing my best for Pat anyway. <laughs> okay, Pat. Uh, what's your favourite pub in Rush? Oh, the pubs. Um, well, the pubs now. I'd I'd have to go to drop in. I'd say with the favourite. I've there's been many a days now in in each of the pubs. That's <laughs> Michael anyway. It's been many a day now in each of the pubs. But I'd say the it, there's something about the quiet corner now in the drop and sitting in the corner there with a point a pointed plate in front of you, and and three or four after that sitting in front of you as well. <laughs> Maybe, maybe, you know, Tibi and the Wishy sitting in front of Israel. There's something nice about it. I, and the, the old atmosphere and everything, and Morris behind the bar is a great man, so he is. Uh, so I, I would have to go with his drop in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great answer, great answer. And uh, not to say any of the others are bad, let's say. It's just drop in has something over you. <laughs> ah, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. It's the most local of pubs as well for me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Very fair. <laughs> Uh, so Pat, which be your favourite takeaway in the parish? The takeaway now. Um that's that's a, that's a tough one now. Ah uh, the deal oh jeez no. <laughs> what you, what are you feeling right now? There's a, there's, a, there's a big backstory to Rocco, so there is. Um, <laughs> I'm breaking the accent now. This is <laughs> tough. It will affect uh, your rating, just so you know. <laughs> um, well, it's, you know, <laughs> I'd, I'd have to, after viewing upon the circumstances now, I'd have to give it to the little chip in now. But... I've I've been I've been to the little chip in over many years now. I've been there as a young lad when it was Joe's, and I've got me free bag of chips off Joe, 
and I've been there when it was Rocco's in Jesus. It was some turbulence of an experience when I was with Rocco now. <laughs> I've gotten I've gotten orders off Rocco and he's forgotten the battered sausage. I've I've walked into Rocco's and he says, Do you know Billy McGuinness? <laughs> he didn't he didn't say it like that though. He said, Do you know Billy McGuinness? And uh, <laughs> I says yes, and he says, "Well, he owes me, you know." <laughs> he, he <don't, laughs> long story short, Billy McGuinness has walked into the pub, and he don't, he do, he don't rock about forty-five euros worth of an order and walked home without collecting it. So, so I, I had to pay for it and walked home and dropped it at Billy's doorstep. <laughs> but uh, I, I collected. Uh, I'd, I'd have to give it to Rocco now. I've, I've, I've come home from school when I was a young lad. It's been six years now, and I cycled home the road, and I said, Jesus, I'd fancy something out of a chipper now. So I pulled in. I pulled in on the bike, locked it up to the lamppost, and walked in. I said, Rocco, give me a cheeseburger and chips. And I waited about 15 minutes for it, and he gave it to me, and a can of orange as well. And I cycled home fast as anything, and I walked in the door, and I didn't say a word to my mother, straight up to the bedroom now to enjoy my snack. And I opened up the brown paper bag and I had a nibble of a few chips, you know. And I fanta there, and I don't open the can of fanta until I'm finished. So the can of fanta was sitting there now, and I had a few chips more, and I was waiting, you know, teasing myself with the burger now there, sitting in the white paper bag. <laughs> and I opened up the burger, and sure wasn't it only two slices of bread and the cheese. He forgot to put the meat in the burger. <laughs> <laughs> and you're saying this is the best. I swear to God, but that it was always the unexpectability with Rocco. You know, you never knew what you were going to get. You know. So I, I'd have to give it to Rocco now. His battered sausage is superb. And actually, in fairness to the modern ship in, they give a series single of chips, so they do. You wouldn't finish a single of chips out of that place. It's great. Actually, so just because you, you mentioned uh, Billy McGuinness and that story, and we're talking about the drop-in before, I think I remember a video of uh, Billy going into a drop. I think it was a trend at the time, oh, and so uh, where you just where you order... A pint and you just drink it all in one without paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> Do I have then, to tell the story in, in, in this accent as well? <laughs> well if you if you were there. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ. Well I, I remember the moment when we were you're playing a game of uh, of what you call it, of odds and walshes. And <laughs> Billy Billy was Billy was a daredevil, so he was back in the day. And uh, they used to say to Billy, they'd say, Billy, what are the odds of you doing this and what are the odds of doing that? And lads be given 50 to 1 for those odds and Billy be given only 3 to 1. <laughs> <laughs> and and someone, <laughs> someone hit Billy with, uh, I'm, I'm sticking with Michael E.B. Ray, lads, because that's all I've got. <laughs> and uh, someone hit Billy with, uh, what are the odds of you going into the old drop-in next door? And asking for a pint and drinking it and not paying for it. And Billy said something like two to one. <laughs> <laughs> and I think they had to try twice, but they got him on it. And uh, Billy had the phone on video on the down low and he walked into the pub. And poor, poor old Philip was working. And he sat down at the lounge and he said, throw me a pint of, a pint of Guinness. And uh, Philip did that just that, you know, and uh, Billy was sitting on the high chair now and... Uh, the point came down and Billy and Philip asked for the money and Billy pretended not to hear him. And <laughs> he dragged the point in one go and says, Jesus, Philip, that was gorgeous. I'll see you later. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Philip says to him as Billy's walking out the door, 
I'll just get that 450 off you for that pint, uh, Billy. <laughs> Billy turns back and him and goes, 450. <laughs> Good man. <laughs> that was that. <laughs> Oh god! <laughs> Can't wait to have him on. Give us all their all the odd oh, stories he's had. Stop! That that'd be one of the weakest. <laughs> uh, Michael doing? Maybe Ray. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Which you prefer, Father Ted or the Unbelievables? Oh, she's have to be the Unbelievables now. I watched it unbelievable. I've must have seen. Have you seen Go on the Dan now? Go on the Dan is one of the greatest skits though out of any of the unbelievables. And the, the man walks into the pub because he has to open up the gate to the fucking community school or something. And he says, uh, Well, someone had to be down, shot, you know. And Joe's there behind the bar pouring him gallons of whiskey. It's this great skit. It's one of those, one of those programs <laughs> you just have to watch it and see Pat Short just. Incredible talent, so it is altogether, you know. <laughs> As I, live on the stage, there's nothing better, you know. Um, himself, I forget the name of the second lad in the Unbelievables now, but uh, they're a great show altogether, so they are now. <laughs> oh, jeez. They're the first person ever I heard to top, like, a, an Irish TV show over Father Ted for comedy anyways. Now, Father Ted had his place, you know. He was a great man, and Dougal and the rest of it, and I'm not a racist and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, who doesn't like a bit of that? But, uh, <laughs> not racism, like, just positive. <laughs> Came off differently. Positive, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, and um, <laughs> so it's, uh, it's unbelievable. I think a lot of people just wouldn't be used to watching them, you know. Um, the team talks and all that kind of carry on where he does this huge big team talk and go up and kill every generation of them and he insult his mother and his father and then he does this huge big skit and at the end of it he says I know you're under 12s but under 13s is going to be a big test for you now next year <laughs> it's, it's great <laughs> it's, uh, don't believe it's a great now you should look them up they're very good okay uh... <laughs> I'd well believe it. <laughs> right after uh, you're, yeah. Well, that right after you're telling me about that one of, uh, I only heard one line from it, but I managed to find it from you saying it, it was like, oh, was it? Uh, what says Dan? Oh, what says Dan? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because we were we were drinking whiskey out there last night, and it uh, was bitter cold, so it was. And we all huddled around. I, I remember I was just Tom and Robin and, and the lads now outside, all socially distanced, of course, on a walk of exercise. And the walk of exercise consisted from the walk from the pub to the off-license. But uh, <laughs> we got there, and it was too cold to be sipping cans of beer, so we got a bottle of whiskey. And there was something warming about it, you know. Something, something that gave you a bit of heat was the bottle of whiskey and the lads... We took out the Frank and Honest Cups was all we could get. And uh, the old line from the Dan was, as, as he's pouring the whiskey, he just says, say whoa, Dan. <laughs> he's pouring the whiskey away. And Dan says nothing like he wants to get as much as he can get. And the, bar, <laughs> the bartender just goes, what's is Dan? <laughs> <Stops him off. laughs> great, great scene as well. <laughs> oh, class. 
next question there, Valo. Uh, Pat, who would be your ideal drinking partner in Rush? Well, let's know, you know. This is a very difficult one. I think Goose, Goose said it in his podcast now. He said, he said, there's many sound people in Rush, and there are. And you could, one of my fun things to do when I used to work in a pub in Rush and I'd walk home down the main street and you'd get into a pub and you could sit and talk to Morris behind the bar and, and have the crack, you know what I mean? Mm. It wouldn't matter who you were talking to. And um, I couldn't I couldn't just pick one now. Mm. Well, and the levels of, you know, keeping up with each other, you're on the same points as each other, no one's slacking behind or neither of you is a slacking behind or anything, on the same level of shy talk and all that. Is oh, there yes. anyone who pops to mind? Uh, I'd say Rob now because he's my neighbour I'd be fond of a few pints of Robbers you know mm. but uh, I'd say some of the bit uh, I, if I took it down to three now I'd say Robert would be one of them and Tom O'Neill now would be a good friend of mine and a few quiet pints with Tom would be great great crack and I'd a few takeaway pints with Aaron Connolly there the other night and I tell you we had the best crack. <laughs> we Aaron has worked in the pub and I did as well, and we'd miss all the pub crack. And we were we were standing outside drinking pints in takeaway glasses, and we were doing the whole stick on one for a set, Aaron, will you? Will you stick on one? <laughs> and uh, I was walking up to him and was like, I have it here now, and the, the hand in the back pocket <laughs> looking for the wallet. <laughs> so, Robert, Tom, and Aaron now be me top three. Ah, great picks, great picks. Uh, but, three, um, three lovely men. Three, three lovely rush men, I just like to say. Just, <laughs> just like that. Just, just um, do I have to stay on the L? Will I stay with the L, Michael Healy Ray, or what will I do? Yeah. Uh, we're just about uh, finished off the uh, accent hour, anyways. We're going to move on to the mailbag. Okay, grand. Yeah. Uh, we'll give you a little rating beforehand, but anyways. Okay, uh, Christ. I'll, yeah. I'll give you. I'll give you a. Uh, 6.5 because uh, originally it was Pat Shore and you changed the accent so that was deducting marks already <laughs> and, uh, but you know both accents were very good and kind of similar to each other so kind of let you away with it I'm letting you away with murder here and giving you a 6.5 <laughs> <laughs> right. right so you just tell me action when you start again oh we're, we're still rolling <laughs> ah <laughs> we keep going, so. <laughs> yeah, we'll keep rocking. Keep rocking. Right. <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm going to give you a second. I'm more generous than Sean, and I just enjoyed the accents, whether they're the right person or not. As long as they amuse me, I'll give you a good rate. Ah, excellent. Great, great answers, too. Great answers, too. Uh, so, we're going to open up the mailbag, and all these questions are anonymous but uh generally people catch out who actually ask these questions so yes you know. i can imagine so <laughs> okay uh, do you want to start it off there valo uh, yeah sure uh how have you kept yourself busy during the lockdown oh jesus what a terrible question whoever asked that like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was asked first as well so christ almighty um i uh, just Going to work, going on walks. My first day off was 32,000 steps or something like, you know. 
<laughs> walking up the estuary. The estuary is a great walk. Um, making plenty of coffee and work, obviously. Uh, Takeaway points from Walsh is a great shout if you're looking for something to do. Give Joey, give Joey a hand out there. Um, and playing a bit of guitar at home. Um, I suppose would be would be the main the main bit of lockdown, but like most of us doing sweet fuck all, like you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to say I ah, just skipped that one. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> which you might be saying to this one, uh, favorite Hamburg story. <laughs> yeah, I just skipped that one. Haven't been to Hamburg, like. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Grant. Just part of the gag. All right, go on. <laughs> <laughs> is that Louis Bollard or Mark Lurkin like <laughs> oh never mind every, every. <laughs> oh Christ uh, any ghost stories for the Halloween spirit ghost stories for the Halloween spirit no but my funniest the best the best Halloween story I have right was back when we were I must have been 15 or 16 Back when, like, if your parents found you had fireworks, you know, it was the end of your life. One of those kind of, one of those kind of situations, right? And I used to stash me fireworks up in Ty Hegarty's down the road. And we used to lift up, we used to go into his garage, lift up the boards that covered the rafters and hide them in the roof. Because this was a big deal now. If, <laughs> if his parents found out or my parents found out we had fireworks, it was a big deal, right? And one day, one evening, I think it must have been the night before Halloween, we went up to, <laughs> to get the fireworks. And Ty took out this massive repeater. Like this, it was only a 16-shot repeater, but like it was a good 16-shot repeater. Do you know what I mean? Like All these right. things were not just sparkles. Like <laughs> they were fucking explosive. And... <laughs> And Ty took down this repeater, right? And uh, he was messing around and had his lighter out and was flicking it around the place. And I was like, man, I was like, take it easy. I was like, don't want to set anything off here. <laughs> oh, he's like, shut up. Like, you're just being a pussy and all this. And I was like, man, I was like, just give me a forest. I'm getting out of here. I don't want to be in your garage while you're forest around you with a lighter. And he's like, oh, like, you're being afraid and all. And then I was, <laughs> I was starting to get thick. So he got his... Uh, he got this repeater up and he pulled a fuse out of it and started like waving <laughs> the lighter around it. And he's like, whoa, whoa. And I was like, man, I was like, stop this right now. I was like, this isn't even fucking funny. I was like, you sent that off or fuck. And uh, he, <laughs> anyway, long story short, 30 seconds he's there waving the light around and he sets the fuse off, right? And I'm like, oh my God. And this thing's like, Starting in, in starting to tip into like the firework, and Ty just I'd never seen panic on someone's face like on his face that night. <laughs> he just tried to blow it out, and he's like, I was like, that doesn't work. Like, <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't know what to do, so he gets the firework and he puts the end of the firework down against the ground and presses it into the ground, right? Waiting, oh. and the the the, uh, <laughs> the fuse just goes. Into the forward, I'm like, how the fuck did we get away with that? And then the next second, phew, <laughs> up <laughs> into a corner. Long story short, the whole thing erupted, right? It started <laughs> setting up. He had a fishing net in one corner of the garage. 
lit the fishing net on fire. <laughs> there was sparklers and like and beams of like purple going all over the place. The garage door opened and smoke smoke bellowed out of the place. Uh, we just pegged it home. Um, I pegged it home. I know how Ty explained to his parents. They're in the gaff. <laughs> it was so loud. I don't know how they didn't hear it. We got away with it, but that—that's my funniest Halloween story. Like that—that that was just something else in that carriage. <laughs> that, that is panic. That's real panic. Sheer panic. Sheer panic. The most panic I ever saw was that lad trying to blow out a fuse. I was like, that's not how it works. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh no, what to do? I think sprinting away is a good idea, though. <laughs> yeah, sprinting away. I made it home, but fireworks, great crack. Dangerous, but Jesus, great crack, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was hoping, you know, any ghost stories for Halloween, I was hoping a ghost would come out at some point, but we'll move on. Uh, <laughs> 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 anyway, <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Are the Green Party a bunch of sellouts? Are the Green Party a bunch of sellouts? That's definitely Rob Costello. Short answer. <laughs> Yes. Um, long answer, definitely yes. <laughs> okay. Not to get too political like. <laughs> um, ask him about the lighter that people need to know about the lighter. That's definitely Tom O'Neill. Am I right? Possibly. Ah, yeah. yes. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> oh. So, this doesn't need explanation, but... We were out on Halloween after a few points. Long story short, found a pack of screamers, had no lighter, had a broken lighter. Trying to light the screamers with a broken lighter wasn't working. Young lad on an electric scooter passing by. I'm like, can I borrow your lighter? He's like, yeah, I just I just need it back. It's like, no problem, man. I'm just lighting off a firework. Light the firework, right? It lights straight away. I panic. Throw the firework into a car park, but throw his lighter with it. And I'm like, oh shit the firework goes off end of show and I'm like man I'm after throwing your lighter with the firework and he's like oh you're not like it's in your pocket like give me my lighter back I need it back I was like I don't have it (laughs) 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 he started getting proper thick we had a look around for the lighter couldn't find it but that's the lighter situation (laughs) Robin, Robin fire, lighters off of young lads, Alex. How low can we go? <laughs> I would not. I would not. I, if the man, if we, if the, your audience could track and trace that poor fella down, I'll buy him a new lighter. But <laughs> I felt so bad. I was like, man, I'm not stealing it. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, we can get in touch with the guy. <laughs> poor, poor fella. <laughs> Probably still out well, there on his electric scooter looking yeah, for it. Yeah, hasn't but... smoked in days, the poor young lad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> probably didn't have a solid, to be fair. <laughs> uh, can you express Can you express your love for Rogerstown? Can I express my love for Rogerstown? Yes. I'd also imagine that's uh, a Rob Costello question. Yeah. Uh, Short answer, what a great place. Long-term answer, I'm looking out my bedroom window here doing this podcast, and it's dark, but if it was bright, I can I can see the golf course. I can see Lamb Bay Island. I can see just the end of Port Ran, and I could walk down. Joe Leonard lives on South Shore Road there, part of Rogerstown. I've been fishing with that man. Great man. 
Paul Paul Holland lives on this road, right? That man eats white bread and digestive biscuit sandwiches. That's it. Just bread and digestive. <laughs> what, what what a what a tale for this road. Um, <laughs> Dara Bollard across the way plays the pipes. Brian Weldon lives up on uh, on Carthy's Lane. Part, I consider it part of Rogerstown. He's a bollocks, but a great man to live in Rogerstown. <laughs> a, a true bollocks. I know. Rod, I I love Rogerstown. I really do because we're in the we're in Dublin, but like we're County Dublin, you know. And next door is Anthony Bollard's field, and he grows kale. And when he's working away, I hop over to the bank and have a chat with him, and he's a fucking lovely man. And uh, John Bollard lives across the way. Mal Bollard lives on Channel Road. All great men to have a chat with. Love Rogerstown. Really do. And that's a genuine, I love Rogerstown. So, <laughs> that's a genuine, I love Rush, but Rogerstown, nice, nice little part of Rush. That's all I'll say. Oh, very well answered. What's your favourite road in Rogerstown? My favourite road in Rogerstown? Yeah. Uh, that's definitely another Rob Costello question. <laughs> uh, it'd have to be Rob actually, Rob being the Rogerstown man, didn't know of this road until I told him about it. <laughs> so, what an embarrassment. <laughs> uh, my favorite road in Rogerstown has to be Rogerstown Lane, which many people don't know. But if you walk down, if you walk down the estuary in Rush, past David Carthy's house onto the beach and keep going and keep going and keep going towards the railway bridge. There's a right turn up there and it's called Rogerstown Lane. And on Rogerstown Lane, there's stables there on the left, loads of fields out on the right, uh, Knowles fields out on the right. You cross the road over the railway bridge. If you ever go on the train, the first bridge you go under on the train out of rush towards Dublin is Rogerstown Lane Bridge, right? It's the bridge over there. And that's a beautiful walk. So that have to be my favorite road in Rush. In uh, Rogerstown, yeah. In Rogerstown, yes, it is but, in Rogerstown. In Rush, Rogerstown Lane, in Rush as well. Rogerstown Lane. Yes, but also in Rush. Yes, that's yeah. how good it is. Yeah, <laughs> that's how good it is. <laughs> uh, what's a uh, what's your favorite wall in Rush? My favorite wall in Rush. Um, oh, is this an Eric McGuinness question? Maybe. Um, there's some nice historical walls in Rush. It does like Rush Harbour, like you could consider part of that a wall, and Rush Harbour is a lovely harbour. I had my bike thrown off that harbour, long story. <laughs> <laughs> I was hopping off the wrong fella's boat and he came out and picked up my bicycle and fucked it off the harbour wall. But long story. Um, <laughs> but I think the most... I'll have to say today, because just because I think I know who's asking it, Eric Eric McGuinness has a new wall there on South Shore Road beside Sunglow Nursery, shout out. And Jesus, it's a, it's a great looking wall. Go in there and look in that driveway, and if you have a car, you'd like, Jesus, I'd love to park my car in there. <laughs> it's, a lovely, <laughs> it's a lovely old spot, so it is. <laughs> so that'd be my favourite wall. The front wall of Eric McGuinness's house is my favourite wall in Rush. <laughs> Damn. 
I just want to get a look at that thing right now. <laughs> <laughs> it, was that, it was that good. <laughs> a close second is the ball wall and rush built by PFC Fitzgerald Construction. Great, great out wall. A great con, uh, contribution to the town, so it was. Young lads up there, out lads up there, pucking ball against us. What a great facility. The wall, as it might be called. The wall. The great wall. <laughs> <laughs> the great wall of rush. Just keep booking. They can see it from space, so they say. <laughs> <laughs> some say, some rush men say. <laughs> yes, some rush men on tall bar stools would say. <laughs> um, is golf a sport? Is golf a sport? Yeah. Jesus, who would have asked that? <laughs> golf is most definitely a sport. I think golf is. Sport where accuracy is one of the greatest um, components of the sport. You see, see lads on tour hitting balls three hundred yards, and they can hit it within a meter. You know, on that distance, it's just class. But is it a sport when you're playing with Mark Clerken and Louis Bollard? Probably not. <laughs> if you're playing with anyone outside of that, probably is. <laughs> I have to say, I played around the golf ones with Kevin Langan, Louis Bollard, and Mark Clerken. And Mark Clerken was doing well for the good first few holes, God bless him. And we got to the fifth hole, and we were on the green, and Mark was there in two, and he had a birdie put, and by God, the excitement on the lad's face. And he four-putted, right? It took him four putts to get the ball in the hole. And he was so pissed off. And Kevin Langan tried to cheer him up. And he's like, Mark, just, you know, think about the goujons and chips after the round, you know? <laughs> and Clerkin just turns around to him, as serious as I've ever seen the man. And he goes, do you know what, Kevin? Fuck the goujons. <laughs> <laughs> he was furious. But... Uh, Sure, isn't that what sports all about at the end of the day? Getting out and having a bit of crack, you know. So <laughs> that's brilliant. That's brilliant. I can see him as well. <laughs> oh, he was, the lad was raging, you know. He, that lad loves Goujons. Jesus <laughs> Christ, he was fuming. <laughs> uh, uh, I've been told just to say this to you Finbar is brick. Oh, sweet Christ, Glenn Weldon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, no comment I <laughs> I don't know what to say if you <laughs> anyone who knows anyone who's like hears Finbar's brick and knows what they're talking about knows the story and anyone who doesn't know what going on what's going on when they hear that should know the story so I have to leave it there <laughs> <laughs> But I just say, thank God it's clean at the moment. And uh, if it wasn't clean, I wouldn't be the one cleaning it. That's all I'll say. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I can't give you more on that one. I'll try to figure it out in my head. <laughs> and uh, all I'll say is, it's not dog shitting on that brick. <laughs> <laughs> If you walk past that house and there's a stool sitting on top of those beautiful white bricks, it wasn't a dog. That's all I'll say. <laughs> uh, oh, God. 
Do you want to go there, brother? <laughs> yeah. Um, who, in your opinion, is the most interesting person in Rush? The most interesting person in Rush? That's a very serious question. Um, there's a lot of people I bump into. I'm a very one-on-one kind of person. So when I like, I very much like hanging out with people individually because I think the conversations are obviously more concentrated or something. Um, one person in Rush. Uh, there's a lot of lads out there that are, are, are very good to talk to. Rush is also a, yeah, that's a very, that's a tough one to pick. Um, there's some great lads out there. Some people like Dara Bollard, a great person to have a chat with. Martin Wall, I've mentioned before, a great person to have a chat with. Um, Mal Bollard, great person to have a chat with. They're very, very interesting people. I couldn't give a number one. Do I have to give a number one? Uh, we'd, I think this uh, person would prefer it. But, you know, if you uh, if you want to name off a few like you did and stick, stick with them. Yeah, they're, they're all great people for a chat with. Uh, close friends of mine, obviously, I'd be biased towards, so I can't be saying them. Um, Anthony Bothered next door. Great lad for having a chat with. Uh, I'm going to say, give my number one. What was the question exactly again? <laughs> uh, most interesting person, Rush. Interesting. Hmm. Richard Flynn. Great shout. Ross Flynn's granddad. The lad represented Ireland in the Olympics. He lives in Rush. Shot clay pigeon in the Olympics for Ireland in 1976, I think it was. That's probably a complete guess, but I'm pretty sure it was 76. Um, very interesting person. I'm going to give Never it to him. No one would have guessed him, but he's a very interesting person, Richard Flynn. Um, a runner-up would be Maris from the drop-in because never never disappointed to chat to that man. Great, great man to chat to. Very interesting. Shows a... Uh... How it really makes you feel like you know very little about Russia when you find out someone represented the Olympics and they're living in Russia. Yeah, you don't I, know them. I worked with um, my dad fits carpets for a living, and we had a job up there um, for Richard Flynn, who my dad had known because he knows his sons and stuff. He lives up near the school, the secondary school, and uh, we the, that man I remember he's this old guy, he, his, his wife makes great pancakes. <laughs> we we did a job for him and he said to me he's like I need a few jobs done on my computer there will you help me out so whatever I was doing bits and pieces on his computer and he took me out to court lock uh, sh- shooting range where his son owns it and taught me how to shoot uh, a shotgun for the first time first time I ever firing a shotgun he taught me how to do it and uh, he yeah he represented Ireland in the 1970s for uh, um, for for clay shooting great Great man. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to give it to him because he's a very interesting guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, very, 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 good, very good pick. I don't think anyone else, everyone else would have a, you know, their own person, but uh, it's nice to hear someone you, ha- you haven't actually 
you don't really know much about, you know? Yeah, nice. yeah. Nice, nice. Good series, uh, as well. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, look them up, look them up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, opinion on the Snowflake Generation. The Snowflake Generation. Can you give me an exact definition for the Snowflake Generation? Uh, I don't know. I think he means, or this person means that, like, people are soft nowadays. <laughs> people who are soft nowadays. Yeah. Getting offended um, by everything. Ah, uh, yes, those kind of people. Um, I don't want to take that too seriously as a question. The snowflake generation. Now, this was asked by someone who generally takes the piss, just so you know. Ah, <laughs> so, okay, <that's>... excellent. So, <laughs> uh, in that regard, then, my response would be, tough the fuck up, you shower girls and blouses you. <laughs> 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 that's <the spirit. laughs> I hope that satisfies that 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 question. <laughs> Probably does. <laughs> uh, uh, I might have to translate this question here because uh, it's. I think there's a typo in it. I think they want to ask, "How was the fresh Ray in Rocco's?" Ah, Rob Coslo again. Um, yet to have the fresh ray in Rocco's, but once I know, I'll let you know. <laughs> and by the way, I know Rocco's gone. We won't say why. We all know why. I won't say why. But uh, it's it's still Rocco's in my eyes. So that's all I'll say. Very loyal of you to say. Very loyal. Absolutely. Ah, yes. <laughs> A great man. Especially after why it closed. Anyway, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> very true. Yeah, has he any tips for preparing for a big golf competition? Uh, what helps him golf like no other? I hear he likes walks around the mill bank the night before. Sweet mother of Christ. Um, <laughs> was that bad? I, I know, but I need to know who asked that. Can I guess? <laughs> Yeah, but I don't think we can confirm. If I give the initials, can you confirm the initials? Okay. Okay, so the initials FT. Yes. Okay, I'll just say, (laughs) you know what you did and it worked. (laughs) That's all I'll say. (laughs) I can't give my pooter secrets away, but yeah, FT, you know what you did and it worked. There's a lot of hidden stories I find in this pod where it's just yes. like, you know what's going on and I'll tell you when I see you next time or whatever. <laughs> uh, but my prep, my normal preparation for a golf match is if it's a match, try get out, play the course the day before, get a few putts in and just take each shot seriously and play your opponent. Match play is all about the opponent. So it doesn't matter if you if you play a par four in 10 shots. If you did it in 10 and your opponent did it in 11, you win. So always play against your opponent. Okay. Uh, do you have any more questions to ask, Valo? I can't find any fairly appropriate ones that I'd want to keep in. So I'll, I'll accept inappropriate ones if they're going. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, go for Valo if you have one. I'm trying to even figure out which ones hasn't been asked at this stage. Uh, this one could be rubbish. Uh, would you feel okay about dating a 19-year-old? 
Oh, Christ. Um, <laughs> you said it was all right. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, okay. I know who asked that, and screw you. <laughs> uh, t- t- <laughs> it was a harsh one. <laughs> but it, it leaves uh, questions in people's minds. Uh, <laughs> 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 I'm joking. Um, no, I'm just going to ask this because me and Balo were talking, seeing what, what does this actually mean? Hopefully you know what this means. <laughs> you fist? <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap. Go on. Go for it. <laughs> you fist a uh, 45 or 65 Whatever your preference to score last minute score against the goats, how many? Say that again. Yeah, I know. This is what uh, <laughs> you fist a 45 or 65, whatever your preference to score last <laughs> to score last minute score against the goats. How many? <laughs> I've no idea, but it does remind me of a story. And um, <laughs> I think. Jerry O'Connor, right? He used to be a coach of mine. Kevin O'Connor's father, a great, 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 great man. <laughs> he used to play hurling for Tume, right, from Galway. And they had a member of their hurling team used to was the All-Ireland handball champion. And not like Olympic handball, like Irish, like swing your hand at this ball as hard as you can, champion, lad, right? Yeah. And... <laughs> He used to score 10 to 12 points a game by dropping his hurl and just hand-passing the ball over the bar from like 50 and 60 yards out from the post. The lad could (laughs) hand-pass the ball that far just from playing handball. He won them a championship one year just from from playing by hand-passing the ball over the bar. So I I don't know if that question has any relevance to that, but... That's the only answer I can give. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, since, and since, just to update you, since then, the laws have changed in hurling and you can no longer hand pass the ball over the bar. <laughs> <laughs> Too many lads catching on. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'm pretty much uh, done with the mailbag now, unless you have anything. Yeah, no, I think I think we've got all the good ones out. Yeah, and... Uh, yeah, we're over Excellent. two hours, so I think that's grand. Uh, do you, <laughs> did you have a rant uh, for us, Alex? Um, I don't have a I don't have a rant prepared, but um, as Keen Savage, a good friend, suggested, I have a collection here of some of my favorite quotes of friends of mine. Um, so I'm going to run through a quick few of my favorites. I keep them in what's called the book. Um. I write down something every time I hear it that sounds very good. The first one in it is when uh, I in the house with Dylan Connolly, or Dylan Connolly, Dylan Halpin. Um, upon the displaying of a photo of James Connolly, I said, Jesus, you can't beat James Connolly, to which Dylan Halpin replied, the British did. <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to just give a few of these, right? Um... When talking about doing body shots, Seamus McGuinness said, sure, we'd be doing shots of tequila out of me belly button. Probably take a pint in there, to be honest. 
After telling Dara Bollard I was going to college, he suggested the idea of basket weaving on the Aran Islands <laughs> as a college course. Um, uh, have I any? Have I any good more? One time, a Rocco one. Myself and Rob half cut walked into Rocco's, and the conversation consisted as follow: Rob, hello, Rocco. Rocco, hello, boys. Rob, don't you hello me? I like this idea of uh, keeping funny stuff in some book for any friend group. Y- yes, uh, it's it was one. I just there's a lot of shite in here, you know. Um, <laughs> Naturally. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to keep one for last. Um, one of my favourite phrases, uh, Kigo, I forget his first name actually, It's part of the football coaching. We were stuck in a car park one day trying to get out and this woman drove into the car park the wrong way and blocked the whole system up, to which Kigo said, I tell you one thing, lads, some people have the brains of fucking rocking horses. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, right. This is the last one, right? The right. last one. Um, <laughs> Glenn Weldon played in a Dublin like under seventeens game against a Scottish Shinty team one day, right? So I got the bus out to try and watch the game to support me, me mate, like. And uh, I was sitting in the stands with his dad, and afterwards the the team went for food. So Brian, the dad, Sparky Weldon, as he's known, myself and I went for a pint, right? <laughs> So the two of us were having a pint up at the bar in this part next to Parnell Park, and there was a, there was a horse race on the television. And Brian says uh, we were talking, chatting about horse racing. And Shani, I know you're a big man for the the horse racing. But uh, <laughs> Brian goes, uh, Ah, no, no, I I never backed horses, Alex. He goes, but I could always pick a winner though. He says, look at that number four, and the horse race had just started, right? And number four was about two or three places back in the race as they were going around the bench and he goes, see that number four there in the purple? He'll win it. I could always pick a winner, right? So the yeah. horse is doing well. Two furlongs out, he's fading away. The last jump, he falls, breaks a leg. The horse is put down because of the broken leg. To which Brian says, as I say, it's a load of bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> so there's just a few samples from the book. <laughs> I like that as a segment. Yeah. Oh. A book. <laughs> Get the book out. The book out, yeah. Uh, you know, that was better than a rant. And uh, yeah. well, yeah, sure. Hopefully, a bit more versatile or something. Yes. Yeah. Taking out the hate in the pod. That's a good. That's always a good sign, isn't it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, we need a bit more love in these times. <laughs> yeah, that's right, brother. <laughs> so I talk about horses being put down, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, we won't mention that. But <laughs> <laughs> cut that one out. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, what's well, God's come to the end of the pod, Alex? Do you have anyone you'd like to nominate? Oh Jesus! Um, 
I tell you what, someone I'd love to listen to. I don't know if he'll go on it now, but uh, Seamus McGuinness is some man for the stories. Um, my father only the other day had to renew his gun license, went down to the Garda station and um, was waiting uh, in the Garda station to renew his gun license. There was another man across the way in the gun li- waiting to renew his gun license. They were chatting away and your man was like, oh, yeah, I'm from Lusk. I drive lorries for Lusk. To which my dad said, oh, would you, would you happen to know Seamus McGuinness? To which the man responded, that comes. <laughs> I've heard more stories about that lad. And he tells me, Dad, I heard this story about this lad one time. He went into Walsh's. Five or six hours later, he came out, went into Rocco's, ordered a feed, went home, ate the feed, woke up the next morning and still had a quarter pound of a cheese in his back pocket. <laughs> he fell asleep in his jeans with a burger in the back pocket. <laughs> um, so I think, I think that in terms of what's the cheese, a quarter pound of a cheese in the back pocket, Seamus McGuinness, I'd love to nominate that lad if he if he's willing to come on the pod. Well, Seamus will be in touch. Excellent. Uh, what's going on? I hope, hope you enjoyed your time on the pod, Alex. I did. Thanks very much for having us, lads. And um, uh, I wish you all the, the 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 luck and success in the future with the pod. You're doing a great job so far, and I'll keep listening. So keep it up. Ah, uh, cheers. Kind of words, kind of words from a man with great stories. Uh, <laughs> you okay with wrapping that up, uh, Valadair? Yeah, that was really good. Thanks for doing it. No problem. Yeah, cheers. Okay. Uh, thanks, lads. We have to end this to to uh, save it. So uh, I'll see you later and thanks again. No problem. See you later. All right. Cheers. All right. Cheers, man.